Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we are talking about season two, episode 21, But for the Grace of Grace. No, it's There But for the Grace of Grace. Oh, There But for the Grace of Grace. I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) So season two, episode 21, There But for the Grace of Grace. Do you want to read the summary and then we'll get into it? Yeah. All right. So here's the episode description. Will and Grace visit their retired college professor. Karen is panicking because Stan wants her to cook him a meal for his upcoming birthday. Jack offers to teach Karen how to cook. (laughs) Yes, that... Nice try, Jack. That is what happens in the episode. But not... All of it. Yeah. I wanted to talk at first about how the fact that when we sat down here to do the episode, I think this is the first time, or if not the first time, the first time in a very long time, that Tess and I have had really different opinions on the episode. Yes, we definitely do. I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hate it. Matthew enjoyed himself. I kind of, like, was fantasizing about drinking a bottle of, like, nail polish remover. Do not drink nail polish remover. I'm not sure if that would kill me, but it might get you to turn the TV off, so. (laughs) No, I would leave the TV on before calling 911. Rude. Yeah. What if they couldn't hear you? I would go in another room and make you suffer through watching the episode. That's just so mean. Well, you're the one who drank nail polish remover for attention. (laughs) I don't know. I just didn't think this episode was that bad. Like, yes, it was not necessarily the most comedic episode, which I understand. Like, it's a sitcom. It's a sitcom, and there was no calm. Okay, but there was was, still some calm. There was a lot of sit. (laughs) Very little calm. (laughs) I just... Here's the thing, is that I don't mind as much when Will and Grace kind of takes... Not a more serious tone. Like, this is not a serious episode. Like, it's not a very special episode. It's not. But it's an episode where Will and Grace are kind of confronted with this alternate version of themselves. That's, like, older. They've been friends for 30 years. And they're kind of, like, they're really bitter about it. Because they have some unresolved issues in their friendship. Mm -hmm. And I like that the episode is putting that in front of us. I mean, like, I'm not opposed to them putting that in front of us. But it was more, to me, my issue with it was that, like, Again, like like I mentioned last week, it was like bringing something to light and then doing like pretty much nothing about it. Right. And it also like just wasn't that funny. Mm-hmm. Like I I stopped having fun in this episode at the moment where the bitter old college professor, whose name I don't even know, was like, I loathe myself. Do you want a wine cooler? Like, and I was like, hashtag aesthetic. See, and then that was the end of it. See, and that was where I was really intrigued because like the setup is that they're basically going to like see their feeny or in 2000 <laughs> parlance. <laughs> in 2000s parlance, they're Maury from Tuesdays with Maury. They made a lot of Tuesdays with Maury jokes. They did make a lot of Tuesdays with Maury jokes. Have you read Tuesdays with Maury? No, but I bought it for my mother once. Oh, I've never read it. I am assuming it is about a person who spends Tuesdays with an old person. It's his old teacher. That's the whole point. Oh. You know, it's like, it's a morality lesson about like, you learn things from those in the past and they, etc., etc. You learn, you cry. I'm trying to think of who the writer is. I think it's like Mitch Albom. Is that right? You're not even going to Google it right now. You don't care. That's well, how little you care. Well, first of all, my phone isn't in here because I'm polite. Do you want to show off your new phone capability and Google who wrote Tuesdays with Maury? No, not on air. Okay, fine. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> but anyways, it's probably Mitch Albom because otherwise, why would I remember that name? That would be weird. That would be weird. But the whole idea is that it's like one of these like inspirational like stories that grownups love. And Will and Grace are definitely grown-ups, so they've definitely read Tuesdays with Maury, and like all of their other college friends 
have come to visit this old professor in his dotage. He, he does mention that. He's like, all of them have read Tuesdays with Maury. They're <laughs> flooding into my apartment. And, and then Will and Grace is kind of like sadly sip their wine coolers. Which I, you know what I appreciated about the wine coolers? I liked that the professor managed to split a single wine cooler into what appeared to be four glasses. Mm-hmm. That's commitment. It is commitment. Also, I have not drank a wine cooler in a long time. They're disgusting. They're actually not disgusting. I love, like, ridiculously syrupy drinks okay, like that. Okay, see, this is why Tess didn't like this episode. I did, because I have taste and don't like wine coolers, and she only likes syrupy garbage. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure the last wine cooler I drank was at my grandfather's funeral, like, luncheon afterwards. Oh, my God. Are your grandparents dead? I have dead grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. It's, yes, it's not. It's not funny. Um, but... The follow-up to the joke is that then they're like, why is he so bitter and miserable? And then Ian walks in straight up old Grace. Yes. Who is Piper Laurie, who is Carrie's mom and Carrie, which is way more of a pedigree than the other guy had, who I did not recognize at all. Yeah, I had no idea who he was. And she walks in and like, we've already had like in the intro, like this fight that Will and Grace had. Yes. And they have the same fight. Yes. So essentially at the very beginning of the episode, we have Will and Grace fighting because Grace comes over to Will's apartment and being like, why do we always have to eat breakfast at your apartment? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, we have, you have no food. That's why. Or utensils or right. things with the food on. And then they have verbatim the exact fight. Mm-hmm. Which is the trope that I love in TV, by the way. That was very funny, but that is kind of like where it ended for me. Like I just, but yeah, I do like that trope mm-hmm. of like the repeating thing. And then like Will and Grace's faces of like, and then basically it's revealed that these two old people are basically Will and Grace yes. in retirement age. And they, the difference is that they hate each other very yes. clearly. Like they're friends, but they're not friends because they actually want to be friends. Oh my God. Like that was like mostly my issue with this one was that they hate each other. Like there is no like love there anymore. It doesn't feel like, and they aren't like bickering. It's mm-hmm. not fun. They're very bitter and like, I don't understand why they were still hanging out to be completely honest. Like, I mean, because codependent parents develop. I suppose. You know, I mean, people always, not always, but I mean like people are prone to staying in comfortable relationships versus like healthy, fulfilling ones. I suppose, but it just made me like really sad. Like, and It I did un- make me sad. I understand it was like cautionary tale-ish and I was a little disappointed that they didn't like, not to like happy lover after it, but I was disappointed that they didn't fix the situation for their old uh, teacher and his friend. Like, right. they just left. Like, that was my, my other thing. It's like, this is a sitcom. Like, sitcoms have, like, a wrapped-up happy ending. Mm-hmm. And there just, like, wasn't one for the old dude and his and his <laughs> grace. Like, they're old, so they're, they're a lost cause. Old people cannot be saved. <laughs> death panels. Hashtag death panels. <laughs> oh, death panels. You guys remember death panels? That was disappointing, and the only thing that I agree with you with that was disappointing is that I didn't feel like enough of the comparison between our Will and Grace and then, like, old Will and Grace was having to do with the fact of their special relationship. Right. That he's a gay and she's a girl, and they have a beautiful dynamic, and they're like, they're married, but they're not married, like... Right. Like, they hinted that for a hot second when, mm-hmm. like, old Grace, like, I'm not going to bother trying to look up their names. Like, right. when old, old Grace. Grace is like, oh, what, why aren't you married, Grace? And Grace is like, oh, I was engaged, but it didn't work out. And she's like, why? Did Will not approve? And, like, that seemed like it could be, like, something they could, like, mine for, like, comedic gold and, like, mm-hmm. really some, like, emotional relevance. But instead, the episode focuses on an off-screen fight that we didn't even see between Will and right. Grace. Because it seems like, it actually seems like the episode is about to deal with the fact yeah. that... Will and Grace have too much influence in each other's lives and that that's the problem and that's why they're so bitter now. Mm-hmm. Which would be really 
really fucking compelling. It would. It would and probably really, make for good television. And really deal with a very central issue with Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. But instead it comes down to something that's also been hinted earlier in the episode, which is like a fight we don't see yeah. where Will won't apologize to Grace. Right. It's something about they're renting a car because they're driving up to visit right. this guy. And they never tell us where they went to school their undergrad, and I'm sure we could look it up. Yeah, I think they've mentioned it offhand before, but we I don't remember what it was. Yeah, so they're driving up to visit this professor, and they go to the rent-a-car place. The rental car, like, agent is right. uh, asks Grace if she wants a V8 or a V6, and she says, no, thank you, I'll have a Diet Coke. <laughs> and, like... Get it? <laughs> we should have had a V8. But basically, like, then Will, like, makes fun of her for not knowing anything about cars. Right. And she feels really hurt by this and, like, is expressing this to him in the car. I did think it was very funny and meta that Grace, like, lampshaded the fact that everyone blames her for everything. Yes. That was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so then she's, like, explaining to, like, Will, and she's like, I, I think you owe me an apology. And he's like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> and that is, like, one of my biggest pet peeves. It really is. We've gotten in so many fights about that. It's just a non-apology. Like, if you if you ever apologize to me that way, please expect, like, a fully, like, long-form letter. It will be notarized. I will send it to your house. Like, I hate that so much. I concede that it is not always helpful or nice to apologize only for how someone else feels about what you've done. It's nice to apologize for your actions, even if your intentions were not what your actions suggested. Well, that's the thing. It's like intent does not equal impact. And that's like my main problem with that Mm -hmm. is if someone apologizes being like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way or I'm sorry like that, like this upset you, Mm -hmm. but not like, I'm sorry I upset you, then it's like not... It's not acknowledging the fact that you did upset them, even if you did not intend to. See, and I am a huge believer in intentions, but I, which, which just does not work because then I, we get in fights because I'm like, well, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. And then, (laughs) you know, and then three hours later, we're both crying in our rooms. That's because you're a Gryffindor and you believe in (laughs) intentions, but I'm a Slytherin and no, I can't read your mind. So, (laughs) but what I, well, my my Slytherins have been Legilimens, so I mean, that's not necessarily true, but. But I'm not a good Legilimens because I have depression. And Anyways, I feel like that would hamper that. The point that I tried to make is that, like, I totally got that part of the episode. Because, like, first of all, like, while I was frustrated that their fight didn't break down to the fact of their unique gay and girl relationship, right. I liked that it was all about this need for an apology, need to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sympathize with that because that's a tension that we've really experienced. Oh, yeah. We have this fight often. Pretty much once a month, if not more often. Yes. And it's normally, like, something, like, silly. Like, kind of like, oh, you've been in front of me in front right. of the car like rental guy and then it's like I would like an apology and then mm-hmm. not naming names but someone will be like oh I'm sorry you feel that way I'm just saying it's not like you've never had to apologize for anything in your life I'm not saying I've never had to apologize for anything in my life but I feel like this particular scenario is more something that I do than something you yes, do yes I think the that things you have to apologize for are very different but yeah so like well, that... okay but uh, the point I was making earlier is that I think we're both realizing that we have to come to some sort of compromise or we're not going to be friends, Mm -hmm. much like Will and Grace do in this episode. So while I feel that intention is really important, I am more aware of the fact that you feel differently and that that now apologizing for that makes a difference to you. Mm -hmm. So I apologize for that now. Well, that's good. Hopefully we can continue this pattern into the future. 
Well, that's the other thing about the episode that's interesting is it's, it is all about patterns. And this yes. is where I think it does lay seeds for later. Because we have had it established before that Will and Grace have bad habits with each other. They definitely do. I mean, like, leaving aside the entire, like, mental problems involved in their, like, literal codependency. Mm-hmm. They just, they get into bad habits where they, like, rely on each other for, like, basic things and then start to resent one another mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So I feel like this episode was really good at illustrating that those patterns need to be addressed or yes. else they will become bitter, crotchety old people at some point. Because I don't feel like, like, while the episode was resolved by them apologizing to each other, it didn't really feel like the core issue was resolved. Right, like, I agree. It didn't feel like that was, A, a pattern that was going to stick, or B, like, actually resolving the real problem. I mean, to a certain extent, like, obviously you're not going to change your patterns overnight, otherwise they wouldn't be your patterns. But I, the episode, basically, like, it does a sitcom thing of getting everyone back to square one. The problem is that Will and Grace actually need to go further back than square one. Right, they kind of need to, like, head into the negatives. Exactly. And I think that's fine for this episode. Mm -hmm. And I think it's helpful, from my perspective, I like that the show is demonstrating that it's interested in this topic, which it seems to keep coming back to on an irregular basis. Right. It's definitely something that we just consistently see, like, us reminded of. Like, Will and Grace, while they are kooky and funny and Mm -hmm. have this relationship, have some serious problems, like, with each other. I mean, that whole exchange at the beginning is really sharp and biting. Yes. She comes over and she's like, why do I always have to eat breakfast at your place? Mm Mm-hmm. And then she makes fun of him for buying, like, store brand right. brand and flakes. Right, and then he's upset because she's always coming over and complaining about, you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, you can see that there's a habit there, and it's mostly fun, but there's some underpinnings to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a lot of fights that you and I have about the same issue, where, don't look at me like that. Sorry, I just, I don't remember us ever having any fights about brand flakes. I think that's where, like, like we were saying before about the tension between, like, intent and action and apologizing mm-hmm. for your actions and not your intentions... Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that actually also is set off by subconscious things that we aren't consciously reflecting on either, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we interpret an action a different way because of the stuff that we have inside versus the other way around. Mm-hmm. No, or, I... or we don't see a way we could be intended because of stuff we have inside. No, absolutely. And I mean, like, just to kind of, like, circle back to that for a second, I don't think that there's anything wrong with explaining your intent during your apology, mm-hmm. but as long as you don't just leave it at that. Like, right. If you, you can't just leave it at, well, I didn't mean to do that, so... Right. That's very frustrating mm-hmm. to the person who just wants an apology. And if anything, the episode could actually have explained that a little bit better. Yeah, I think it could have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. All, overall, the first half of the episode was kind of like... <laughs> for me. Like, I just... I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Well, you weren't feeling the second half either. No, let's talk about the second half. And again, like, I love the other... The B-plot of this episode because I love Ben Doucette. And Ben Doucette is here... And he's hanging out with Jack, which is my favorite pairing on this show since Jack and Rosario. <laughs> it's just fantastic. I just don't love Ben Doucette. Why? Because I don't like him. I just find him to have a very abrasive personality. and I, I love that. I don't connect with him on any level. I don't connect with him either. I love and him. And I don't find him funny. So I don't really find him funny either, actually. But, is, mm. but that's not the point. But yeah, so like this episode was like on top of the A plot, which I wasn't super like wild about. And this B plot was like, oh, good. Ben Doucette is here. My favorite character. <laughs> well, I liked this episode because it kind of revealed Ben Doucette as almost like a Karen-esque character to me. Yes. Because the episode begins with, like we said in the description, with Jack going to teach Karen how to cook so that she can make dinner for her husband to get out of having sex with him. And then Ben just, said, just like shows up. Well, because they're doing it in Will's apartment, weirdly. 
Yes, and but I don't remember why Ben just said he's there. He was picking something up from from Will. Will. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, which is another thing that like I would never give my boss my key to my apartment. Yeah, that's weird. Literally ever. That is weird. Then again, you've also house sat for a former boss before. But that's different. Right, but like, yeah, like that's the thing. I think you can house it for your boss, but your boss cannot house it for you. Right. I liked it because his role in the episode is to be a disruptor in the way Karen is usually a disruptor. So when Karen is like trying on a more traditional, like, oh no, I've got to like make dinner for my hubby, like admittedly for really disruptive Karen reasons. Right. Then like Ben comes in to kind of fill the void because nature abhors a vacuum. <laughs> I don't know. Like I personally, just because I don't love his character at all found it very irritating that he was just like better at everything i was like "Ah, stop it just go away go home and like karen like was like casually racist and that was weird yeah that's a weird ongoing thing with him and her where she like is like waiter or bartender or when in this episode when he shows up he's like walking into will's apartment and she's like oh no we're being robbed and it's so, like that was weird, and then she immediately turns that into like weirdly flirting with him, and then right. he tries to, to like to seduce a salad, and yeah, that was I, just, I don't know, man. Like I will say that the way the show treats Karen and Bendisette's interaction is definitely problematic. Oh yeah, like that was all kinds of your favorites problematic. Uh-huh. Like you just so that's the thing is like his character like. I don't love him, but also he's treated kind of like crap. So right. I don't know how to feel about like trying to defend his like character arc without. I think the thing with like with Benjuset is I I appreciate the intention <laughs> behind Benjuset's character. Not to come bring it full circle, but I really do. I appreciate the intention of bringing in a different viewpoint that we get with mm-hmm. these four white people. Right. Um, a different social class than we get with everyone who isn't. Karen, because I mean, yes. Will's a lawyer, but he's been unemployed this season. Like, right, he's not so wealthy. he's he's like upper middle class versus like actual wealthy. Right. Grace barely still has her company. Well, Grace is just a disaster. Speaking of Jack, we, is probably homeless by now. I mean, I know he lives with Rosario, but like he's basically homeless. Okay, like again, this is a weird thing, but we haven't seen Grace at her office in like a good chunk of this season now. I'm fine with that. I mean, I understand that you're fine with that, but like, how the fuck is she still employed? <laughs> like, I haven't had a chance to talk about that in a while because she hasn't been doing any work. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I understand the intention of Benji set. I really do. But the impact of him to me is mostly just like a bunch of flat jokes and a lot of me being bored. So. That said, he's an Excellent tap dancer. Oh, he is. Very turned on by him tap dancing on Will's freshly redone floors. Oh my god. Especially after Jack, like, does the most hilariously bad tap dance. Like, it's it's not actually that bad, but, like, it's it's just sad. And then he lands, like, not even quite in the splits, but then, like, appears to injure his groin. Yes. Like, this is the thing for me, is, like, I love this show, I love it, but this episode felt like a chore to watch. Which I don't. That's your opinion. Yeah, and I... I We're just, allowed to have different opinions as long as we compromise. Are. I'm just trying to explain <laughs> to you and the viewers why I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Eh, I don't know. Like, I just... Eh, it just <laughs> didn't work for me. I don't know. I feel bad. I feel like there hasn't been an episode yet that you've felt blah about that I haven't. Yeah, no. This is really the first time. Well, I think that's the thing is because I have such genuine love for this show, I can usually look past, like, the blahness that are just, like, sort mm-hmm. of blah. But this episode... I did not care. I was not invested. Like, 
And, like, the premise sounds good. Will and Grace meet an old version of themselves, and they hate each other, and they need to fix it. Mm -hmm. But, like, the execution of it just made me want to crack open a bunch of wine coolers and just be... Let's drink wine. Ew, no, I don't... Okay, I understand that, like, I'm, like, some cheap trailer trash, in your opinion, because I like wine coolers, but not wine. But, like, most wine doesn't taste good. That's because you don't have a developed palate. I don't want to develop my palate. I want to eat mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and drink grape juice and be happy. Okay, Jack McFarland. I'm okay with being Jack McFarland when it comes to wines. We know. (laughs) Also, why was he cooking a salad? Uh, He's just, he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, yes, that was obvious, but like, has he never seen a salad before? Maybe he was trying to wilt the greens or something. You don't want them. But you could want them wilted. Yes. I had a really good salad this weekend. (gasps) That's so exciting. I know. It was quite delicious. I had it because I was at a conference this weekend and they fed us. And everyone got like an individual like grown up Lunchable. So it was like a box with like a sandwich and a little tiny salad and then a bag of like chips and then a Lindor truffle. Mm. So it was quite delicious. So if you found out that Ben Doucette made that food, would you be okay with it? Do I have to eat it with him? No. He's okay, then yeah, character. I'm fine with it. He's a fictional character. You don't have to eat it with him. I just mean, like, if I had to, like, if he made that food, but then I had to sit through dinner with him, like, I would probably just go to McDonald's. <laughs> you can't laugh at that. You go to McDonald's way more than me. That is true. Oh, but my it's not God. to avoid fictional characters. And you made fun of me last weekend for eating noodles and company too much. Like, I did not. You did too. When did I do that? When we were talking about, like, our lack of extended palates, and you were like, okay, girl who only ever eats noodles or goes to Noodles and Company. Rude. I think I called you Noodles and Company because you only eat noodles. I also eat at Noodles and Company a lot. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, yes, you do. <laughs> I don't want to imply that you didn't do that, but you also eat them at home. It's just so simple, and I'm so tired. Oh. How are you not this tired? <laughs> How is anyone not this tired? <laughs> okay. I think we should put Tess down for a nap. <laughs> yes, I think I need a nappy. <laughs> All I right. Need, I need my baba and my blankie, <laughs> and I need to take a nap. Hashtag grad school. <laughs> All right. Before we head out tonight, uh, we wanted to chat about our plans for the finale episode. Yeah, that's a coming up. So we got one more episode, and then it's our finale episode, Woo! which is double-sized. It's two parts of... It's an hour-long episode. Yep. So... We were chatting a little bit off mic about what our plans are, and I think we're going to try something a little different this time around. Mm-hmm. So, you remember last season, we had a double episode partway through, and then we had a normal size finale and a special bonus episode at the end. Yes. So this time around, we are going to do a slightly longer than normal, I think. Is that what we agreed? Yeah, I think we agreed, like, a little bit longer than normal, but maybe not quite double. Yep, for the finale. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of squeeze in everything we want to talk about with that. Mm-hmm. And then what we're going to do, instead of having a bonus podcast episode, what we're going to do is we're going to put up a 10 to 15 minute video episode. Yeah. So we're branching out. You're going to see our faces. Yes. Matthew's a little nervy about it. I offered to do his makeup, but he didn't want me to do that. I don't wear makeup. But you could. I could, but I'm not going to. They look pretty. That'd be a very interesting first impression. It would be very disingenuous. I'll brush my teeth, though. Oh, good. Yeah. So we can't record this one in our pajamas, which we often do. I mean, we could. That would be funny. But maybe the first time we shouldn't. I think I shouldn't because when I record in my pajamas, I don't wear a bra. So I feel like for a change, I should maybe have my boobs out. That's the last thing we need to get kicked off of YouTube on our first video episode. 
Sorry, I'm like dancing my boobs in front of Matthew right now, but like in the least sexual way possible. This is what I live with. Yeah, this is what he lives with. So you're gonna see what we what we each live with. <laughs> yes. Um, it's probably gonna be mostly focused on us again, like the last bonus episode. Yeah, we were talking about possibly doing like the YouTube roommate tag yep. or some other vague Q and A. So if there's stuff that you want to know about us, you yeah. could just let us know. So you've got about two weeks to talk to us about it. Um, mm-hmm. We're probably going to film it about the same time as we film the finale episode. Yes. So if you want to know anything about us, send us some questions mm-hmm. uh, via our various social media profiles. Hey, speaking of various social media <laughs> profiles, Matthew, do you want to tell them where they can find us? Sure. Um, we are always on Twitter at Not a Couple Show. You can send us an email about what you want us to talk about during the bonus episode or anything else at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. We're always posting on Tumblr, and we've got an Ask Us there. Uh, that's at notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com. And we post our show notes on Medium. And you can comment on those. Yes, you can. <laughs> and the episodes themselves are on Mixcloud. Which you can also comment on. Yeah, so there's lots of options. So let us know the shit that you want us to do. I mean, if you don't tell us what you want us to do, we're going to do what we want. And as you know from listening to this podcast, that can get real crazy. I mean, if you let us do what we want... There is a high likelihood that you will watch a video where I have hogtied Matthew and do his makeup. No, <laughs> I don't want to wear makeup. Why don't you want to be pretty? Let me express my masculinity and femininity how I want. So for Halloween this year, Matthew and I went as Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, but I was Donald Trump and Matthew was Hillary Clinton, and he didn't want to do his makeup then either. I didn't. I don't like makeup. I did let him... I did convince him to let me put just a little bit on so he looked more feminine. That's, I mean, it, it was the right amount. It was. I should be a makeup artist. You should. I'm just going to quit. Well, you do your makeup really great. I know. And you do my makeup not at all. And then we'll look very nice in our video podcast, and then you can be a makeup <laughs> artist, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What a great jumping off point for my sudden YouTube channel where I do tutorials, and it's like... I bet no one else has ever spun off a TV show podcast <laughs> into a career as a makeup artist. <laughs> Could you even imagine? I wouldn't even know what to do with myself if I suddenly had a career as a makeup artist. The New York Times profile would be great. You'd still be able to go to grad school. Maybe you should think about this. Could I get my PhD while makeup artisting? I think you need a pretty heavy sponsorship. Hey, does anyone want to sponsor me? <laughs> hey, Noodles and Company, do you want to sponsor me? They don't want to sponsor me. They just closed a bunch of locations. No, they do not. <laughs> but I love your product. Feed <laughs> me, Seymour. <laughs> Shall we put Tess to bed? Oh, put Tess to bed, please. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one kitten cat. This episode could be sponsored by any one of my favorite makeup brands, so I'm just going to list a couple, including Urban Decay, Anastasia Beverly Hills, Tarte, literally anything that I can't afford. Give us money. We want money. 